As I was walking down the road One Christmas morning I saw a reindeer With his nose all red Rudolph! Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer Had a very shiny nose And if you ever saw it You would even say it glows All of the other reindeer Used to laugh and call him names They never let poor Rudolph Join in any reindeer games Hello and welcome back to Chris and Reggie's Cosmic Treadmill Episode number 121 Where we go back, back to, to the, the past, past And read a comic book from the yesteryear of publishing You can find us every Sunday on chrisandreggie.podbean.com or subscribe to us via iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and by using your white-hot nose to burn away the shackles containing this podcast. Yes, because it is our Christmas special. That's right. We're going to be reading... a very festively titled book for them this uh, week. Oh, it just fills my heart with joy. Limited Collector's Edition number C24. <laughs> <laughs> this is like warehouse inventory. I know, music. really. <laughs> but it's actually the new giant adventures of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Has a has a very shiny December 1973 cover date. Uh, written by Cy Reet. Pencils by Rube Grossman. Inked by Saul Harrison. The cover by Grossman and Harrison was edited by Larry Nadel and Whitney Ellsworth. It was published by DC Comics and had a, it carried a cover price of $1. That's right. It was a big oversized uh, treasury. We'll be talking about that in a little while. But first, of course, we've got to talk about the creators. Starting with Seymour Victor Reet, I guess, hmm, right? Sure. Maybe. Born November 11th, 1918 in New York City. He, det- he attended, like so many early comics, Luminaries DeWitt Clinton High School and New York University, where he drew cartoons for humorous college magazines. He attended New York University with future Captain Marvel writer William Woolfolk and helped launch Woolfolk's career by introducing him to Jerry Iger and Will Eisner, who had that comics packaging uh, studio up on the Upper East Side. Uh, Cy worked as an in-betweener and inker on the 1939 animated film Gulliver's Travels and later became a gag writer for the Popeye and Betty Boop cartoon series all by Fleischer Studios. We've mentioned it before, but an in-betweener is the person that draws the poses that come in between two gestures in an animated motion uh, Mm. in order to make that motion appear more fluid. Cy also anonymously produced comic strips for Jerry Iger for Fiction House at some point in the early 1940s. Titles like Jumbo Comics, Fight Comics, Jungle Comics, etc. And among the features he worked on were Oro, Lord of Jupiter, Stuart Taylor, Cosmo Corrigan, Strut Warren, and Super American, my favorite one. I, I think Stuart Taylor is probably the most exciting <laughs> yeah, of really. that bunch there. Stuart Taylor, <laughs> haberdasher, you know. <laughs> no, uh, Reed served in uh, World War II in a U.S. Army Air Force camouflage unit that was tasked with defending the West Coast from a Japanese invasion. He served with Hollywood set designers and scene painters to hide parts of the California coast from aerial reconnaissance. Later, he served in Europe after D-Day. He wrote a book in 1978 titled Masquerade, The Amazing Camouflage Deceptions of World War II, 
that was published by Hawthorne Books, and in it he recalled his wartime experiences. Following the war, he scripted for Archie and Little Lulu comics, and he wrote gags for some of the new Casper the Friendly Ghost animated shorts that were being produced by famous studios. He'd co-create Casper the Friendly Ghost with artist Joe Orolio in 1940, but he sold the rights to famous studios. He also wrote for the children's TV series Captain Kangaroo. In 1950, Cy started working for the Publications Department of the Bank Street College of Education in New York and also scripted industrial films and radio shows. In the late 1950s, he began submitting work to Mad Magazine, ultimately contributing over 60 pieces. Beginning in 1960, Reet wrote over over 80 books, (laughs) primarily for children, on a variety of historical, technical, natural, and other subjects published by a variety of publishers. He published his last book, Guns for General Washington, in 2001 for Gulliver Books Paperbacks, and Cy passed away on November 21st of that same year. Hop across the table and meet Rube Grossman, born in New York City on April 22nd, 1913. The family lived in a few locations on the Upper East Side of Manhattan until moving to the Bronx around uh, 1930-ish. Uh, Rube began his career as an advertising illustrator in the early 30s, and then he would become an artist for Fleischer Studios. He married in 1937 and moved with his wife to Miami around 1940. Uh, this was most likely to coincide with Fleischer Studios' own move to Florida, which happened right around that same time. Uh, in the 40s and 50s, Rube was a funny animals artist for national periodicals. He drew, among others, the adventures of Pinky and Winky and also Biggity Bear in the Pita Pork Chops comic book. Uh, he took over the artwork of the Three Musketeers from Sheldon Meyer, or Mayer. How, how do we say that, Mayer? I believe Mayer? it's Mayer. Mayer, we'll do that. Uh, and he would also write the script, the strip. Strip. <laughs> Besides drawing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer for DC Comics, Rube also worked on a seasonal syndicated version for King Features Syndicated. It ran from November 9th, 19th, 1951 to December 24th, 1956, most likely also written by Cy, but only during the seasons. I want to make that clear. It wasn't uh, all year round. <laughs> it wasn't in all, July. No, yeah. it was like a few, <laughs> a few months around the season. Uh, he worked for other comic pub- book publishers like Better Publications, which was an imprint of Standard Comics, where he drew Spike and Mike and Growing Pains, and Dell Publications, for which he drew Hector Rooster. In the early 1950s, Rube and his wife moved back to Manhattan. By night, because Fleischer Studios was uh, closed up. <laughs> By 1958, Rube had his own studio with Otter Fuhrer and Graham Place doing merchandise art. In the early 1960s, he worked for the Western Publishing, uh, producing The Mighty Hercules and Linus the Lionhearted. At the same time, he also directed Felix the Cat and Mighty Hercules cartoons for Adventure Cartoons Productions in Canada. He passed away August 29, 1964, in Sherman Oaks, California. And DC reprinted some of his stories for this issue of Limited Collector's Edition. So what are these Limited Collector's well, Editions? Oh, well, that's fine. Well, <laughs> well, that was a series published by DC Comics between 1972 and 1978. It would consist of 32 titles in total. This series was published in an oversized 10 by 14 tabloid or treasury format, as suggested by production manager Sal Harrison, in order to stand out on the newsstands. The series also, for a long time, consisted primarily of reprinted material, so the uh, production costs were low. Limited Collector's Edition shared its numbering with two other similarly sized series, probably for easy production purposes. Uh, We have Famous First Edition was a series of Golden Age reprints. There were nine in total. Uh, The series was renamed All New Collector's Edition with issue 
number C-53, <laughs> and uh, shifted toward newly commissioned adventures for seven issues. Uh, the final issues of the of these two series were tie-ins to the release of Superman the movie that was in 1978. I just I love the numbering of this series. It really it's is wild, just right? like you're getting inventory from the shop or something. <laughs> now the, the first mention of Santa Claus's sleigh being pulled by reindeer was in Old Santa Claus with Much Delight, pulled by an anonymous author and illustrator, published in New York in 1821. The poem does not make the number of reindeer clear, but the illustrations that come with it they show that there's only one. The stanza about the reindeer, which is the first stanza, goes, Old Santa Claus with much delight, his reindeer drives this frosty night o'er chimney tops and tracts of snow to bring his yearly gifts to you. Rhyming, rhyme. rhyming was not a huge thing in the early 19th century. Uh, Santa's, Santa's team of reindeer grew to eight, though the reindeer themselves shrunk in size. In a visit from St. Nicholas, written by Clement Clark Moore and published in 1823, this poem is more colloquially known as The Night Before Christmas. Yes, uh, a, village, uh, a visit from St. Nicholas was first published anonymously in the Troy, New York Sentinel newspaper way back on December 23, 1823, and was published uncredited for many years after that. It was first attrib- attributed in print to Moore in, 19, in 1837, and Moore himself included it in his own book of poems in 1844, and that was called Poems by Moore. It was published by Bartlett and Welford in New York City. He was a professor of Oriental and Greek literature, as well as divinity and biblical learning at the General Theological Seminary of the Protestant Episcopal Church in New York City, and didn't want his name attached to such a silly, and in some circles sacrilegious, poem. Some believe that this poem was actually written by the poet Henry Livingston, Jr., but that kind of analysis is a little beyond our ken. So, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll drop a link about that in our show notes if, you, if you'd like to follow up on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clement Moore's reindeer also adopted names, as per his poem. When what should my wandering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer? With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles his coursers they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Dunder and Blixen. Uh, so Robert L. May created Rudolph in 1939 as an assignment for Chicago-based department store chain Montgomery Ward. The retailer had been buying and giving away coloring books for Christmas every year and decided they could save quite a bit of money by making their own. May considered using the name Rollo or Reginald before deciding upon using the name Rudolph. In his first year of publication, Montgomery Ward distributed 2.4 million copies of Rudolph's story. The story was adapted into an eight-minute animated short by Fleischer Studios in 1948, created to advertise Montgomery Ward department stores. The opening titles run over an instrumental version of Silent Night, Holy Night. A 1951 re-release added the popular Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer song. This version is in the public domain, while the original is on file at the Library of Congress. Yeah, the song was composed in 1949 by May's brother-in-law, Johnny Marks. The lyrics follow the story pretty closely, but there is an added introduction that goes, you know, Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen. But do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? It was first sung by crooner Harry Brannan on New York City radio in early November 1949, before Gene Autry's recording hit number one on, uh, on the U.S. charts during Christmas of that very same year. The song was suggested as a B-side for a record Autry was making, but he rejected the song. 
His wife convinced him to use it, and the success of this Christmas song supported Autry's subsequent popular Easter song, Here Comes Peter Cottontail. Yeah, and that, that song is pretty much only linked with Gino. That's like his song, you know, as opposed yeah. to Rudolph, which has kind of like become an every, everyone's song. Christmas yeah. song. Yeah. <laughs> now, this song also holds the distinction of being the only chop-tarting, chop, chart-topping, <laughs> what am I saying here? Chart-topping hit to fall completely off the chart after reaching number one. <laughs> Christmas <laughs> is over, but you don't want to hear that anymore. <laughs> now, the official date of its number one status was for the week ending January 7th, 1950, which made it the first number one song of the 1950s. Uh, since then, so many artists have covered the song, it would probably take an, another, an, an entire other podcast to just list them. It's unbelievable, yeah. There's everybody from, you know, old crooners to punk rock to every kind of genre of music you can but people imagine. people like us. Uh, yeah. People like us, sure. <laughs> uh, and we would be remiss not to mention the stop-motion Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer television movie produced by Rankin Bass for NBC in 1964, directed by Larry Romer and narrated, narrated by Burl Ives. From 1972 on, CBS aired this special every year, I believe, to this very day. Uh, the, the television special introduced a bunch of new characters and concepts to Rudolph's mythology, including Sam the Snowman, a prospector named Yukon Cornelius, the love interest for Rudolph named Clarice, and the Island of Misfit Toys. Mrs. Claus also figures prominently in the story, which she didn't in the original. Yeah. Uh, considering this, it may have been inspired partly by the DC comic that preceded it, which also had a rich cast of characters. Well, maybe not a rich cast, but a cast. Of characters. There, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's stop talking about that comic and get right into reading it. This is Limited Collector's Edition, number C24. Uh, the title, as shown on the front of the cover, is New Giant Adventures of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And Rudolph is in a snow-capped typeface that's really gone out of vogue in recent years, but this was the the typeface for every ice delivery company, right, Chris? Like, you know, this is, <laughs> yes. it's like the, the letters with snow on them. That's the, the snow thing. on top, yep. Uh, the cover <laughs> depicts Santa in a sleigh laden with presents, peering at it, a roadmap laid out before him, and Rudolph's nose provides some light to read by. Shouldn't, shouldn't he be guiding his sleigh tonight? Well, seniority has its privileges, you know. Now, now he sits in the back. <laughs> <laughs> now, this cover also promises things like games, stories, puzzles, supersized pinup calendar, and a 3D diorama cutout. And does and it does provide all of those things. Uh, we can't help you with cutting out the diorama, though. That, no. That's on you guys. Yeah, <laughs> we, we might post a picture of it, but you guys got to. You got to. You guys got to print it and handle yeah. it. Yeah. Now, on the inside cover is a place to write your name. So, you know, all those lousy kids at school don't try to make off with your Rudolph comic. As if anyone would bring this choicest plum to school, Chris. Right to the vault. Right in, you Get know. that thing slabbed, yeah. Seal that thing up. Uh, <laughs> the, the thing on the inside says, this Christmas Rudolph book belongs to... And uh, the whole inside cover is in black and white, and there's a picture of Santa, plus two elves will meet shortly, placing a Christmas wreath around Rudolph's neck. They're not. They're not trying to kill him, are they? No, no, no. That's a festive oh. decoration. This is like Ooh. he won the uh, Christmas Derby or something like that. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> uh, below that image, we're suddenly informed that this is the contents page. But <laughs> let's skip this list. Just get right to the actual contents. And the first story is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer in Uncle Blugel visits Rudolph. The story is reprinted from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer Annual Number One, December 1962, cover date. And uh, it begins with Rudolph and his pal Grover. They're at the North Pole relaxing in some hammocks. Uh, Grover is a furry woodland creature of some sort, maybe a groundhog. 
His tail is too long. He's got to be a beaver. No, the beaver's got a flat tail. This, I think uh, he might be an overweight fox, maybe. Perhaps. Uh, yeah. Anyway, whatever he is, he wears a green hat and scarf. Yeah, it's Rudolph goes, Golly, I wonder when Santa Claus is going to need us. I'm tired of resting. Grover says, Not me. I don't want to sound like a braggart, but we're pretty important. We deserve the rest. Come to think of it, we do. And I just hope we don't have to prove how important we are again, at least not before our annual trip. I don't think I can go through another adventure like the last one. Okay, uh, we know why Rudolph is important, but what the heck does Grover do? Like, what is, what is he? Yeah. The pit crew or something? Maybe he's his manager, his, his uh, business manager. <laughs> yeah, he takes 10% off the top. That's how it works. <laughs> uh, so two of Santa's elves come running up holding a postmarked letter from two ends. Uh, the, these two are Blinky and Winky, the only named elves in Santa's <laughs> workshop. Winky goes, call it all Rudolph. Blinky says, call it all Rudolph. What's up, fellers? It's a special delivery letter from your Uncle Bluegle. Oops! Blinky and Winky tear the letter in half accidentally. Uh, they, they, uh, they definitely increase the probability uh, by holding it at the same time and running. That so was not safe, yeah. <laughs> this wasn't, you know, ac- accidents happen, I guess, but come on. <laughs> There's something, yeah. Uh, Rudolph and Grover hop off their hammocks and piece the letter together while Blinky and Winky fight amongst each other. A special delivery letter from my Uncle Bluegle? Gosh, it must be important. Yeah, too bad it didn't get any special delivery from Blinky and Winky. Come on, they they did run it over. They were running top speed, yeah. yeah. Blinky says, it was all your fault. It was yours. Golly, it's from my Uncle Bluegle, the blue-nosed reindeer. Okay, that's the third time you've established that fact. Okay? Who do you think it's from? We, we got, we understand what it's from. <laughs> Grover says, wow, and he's due here today. Rudolph and Grover look pretty happy about this. Yeah, they rush over to the train station to meet Uncle Bluegle. My Uncle Bluegle, the blue-nosed reindeer, is due here any minute. Gosh, I like uncles. They're always bringing presents and stuff. At the station, Uncle Bluegle is standing there. And strangely, he stands on two legs, uh, (laughs) using a cane to walk, despite the fact that all the other reindeer in the book walk on four legs. Yeah, he also wears clothing. It's really, really weird. Uh, You think he read Animal Farm? Maybe, yeah. Two legs good, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Uncle Bluegle has long antlers, a top hat, cape, and pince-nez glasses. And, uh, oh, yes, he does have a blue nose. That's gotta be him. Oh, Uncle Bluegle, here I am. Welcome, Unc. Oops. Rudolph trips on a curb and falls flat on his face. Rover slams in the back of him. Uncle Bluegle says, Young man, you're late. If there's one thing I demand, it's punctuality. Well, I'm sorry, Uncle Bluegle. I just got your message. So you see... I don't see anything except a very late nephew, to say the least. Now, if you'll pick yourself up and carry my bag, I'd like to get started. I've had a long trip and I'm tired. Yes, sir, sir, uh, Uncle Bluegle? Back at Rudolph's house, which is kind of a rundown-looking shack, yeah, even the lampshade has a patch on it. Like, see, just take it off. Just take that thing off. <laughs> Not very comfortable-looking, nephew. Uh, you'll get used to it. <laughs> uh, the place grows on you. Particularly those things in the refrigerator. Uh, by the way, don't open the refrigerator. Don't ever open it. <laughs> uh, Uncle Bluegle draws one of his gloved 
hands uh, across the tabletop, which brings up a cloud of dust, uh, which, which is, you know, what the uh, the mother-in-laws usually do. So of course, it's yeah. For him. Uh, now, this dust goes right into Rudolph and Grover's faces. <laughs> From the looks of things, I'd say you're growing things in this place. <clears throat> if there's one thing I demand, it's tidiness. Well, don't just stand there. Where's some food? I happen to be hungry, too. If there's one thing I demand, it's my meals on time. Uh, yes, sir. In the space between two panels, Rudolph comes rushing out with a tray held overhead. Yeah, it's full of all different kinds of food. That's pretty, that's pretty fast. Like for, yeah. <laughs> for a shack with a patch and a lampshade. <laughs> my toast, Rudolph. Confound it. Where's my toast? Uh, coming right up, Uncle. Grover comes running out of the kitchen, pipe a piping hot toast on a plate. Looks a little burnt. I hope you're enjoying your breakfast, sir. I don't enjoy anything, especially burnt toast. Leave this house immediately, bungler. First, uh, who is this guy? Gordon Ramsay, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and second, if you don't enjoy anything, what do you? Why? Why do you ask for things? Well, you know, he, he the thing he enjoys is not enjoying. Is asking things. for things. That's yeah. The thing. <laughs> but, but, I said out, out, out. Rudolph ushers Grover out the door, assuring him on the way. Gosh, Grover, don't mind my uncle Blugel. He's just a little strange around here. Grover now excused, uh, Rudolph returns his attention to his uncle. Gee, Uncle Blugel, Grover's my best friend. You mean was. If there's anything I can't stand, it's toast burners. It's like uh, the Montagues and the Capulets here. <laughs> uh, uncle Blugel settles into an easy chair and he looks really mad. <laughs> Rudolph says, uh, just make yourself comfortable, Uncle Blugel. I'm off to help Santa Claus. Santa Claus? Don't tell me you're mixed up in his shenanigans. I mean, yeah, I mean, you never heard the song? I mean, what kind of... It was number one. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> shenanigans? I, I, I don't understand. Isn't he a gent who goes around giving silly presents to everybody on Christmas? Yes, Uncle, but giving presents isn't silly. Besides, it makes everyone have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas! Blah! Humbug! What's there to be merry about? You don't look so merry to me. That's probably because you just reduced them to tears, right? Yeah, really. He's, he's uh, Being a jerk. running away crying. Uh, <laughs> though right in the next panel, he's huddled up on the floor next to his uncle looking miserable. So he's just hanging out. Yeah, so Winky and Blinky show up at the window. And Winky goes, hey, Rudolph, what's keeping you? There's work to be done. I'll be right with you, fellows. And bring your Uncle Blugel, the blue-nosed reindeer. Santa wants to meet him. And probably kidnap him for his sweatshop. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think my uh, uncle can make it right now. And then Uncle Blugel stands up from his chair in a defiant pose. Sort of pitched forward on his cane. He says, What's this, nephew? Of course I can make it. I'm very anxious to meet Santa Claus. Instantly, they are at Santa's workshop. There, a row of elves identical to Blinky and Winky stand at an assembly line showing uh, various toys. We got a rocking horse, a model airplane, a birdhouse. What kid was ever glad to get a birdhouse for Christmas? I mean, really. What, like, what kid ever asked for a birdhouse for like, Really? What is this yeah. worst presence? Uh, all the elves are turned around watching Uncle Blugel and Rudolph. They're, 
This is Santa Claus's workshop, Uncle Blugle. Workshop indeed. Why are they all working instead of gaping? Uh, Santa Claus himself emerges from a doorway behind Rudolph and Uncle Blugle. Ho, ho, ho. Well, if it isn't Rudolph and his Uncle Blugle, glad you could come. Glad? Why, Mr. Santa Claus? Uh, I'm just glad to meet an uncle of Rudolph's. Your nephew is a great help to me. The way this workshop is run, I'd say you need plenty of help. If there's one thing I can't stand, it's incompetence. It's bad enough you have to waste your time making a lot of silly toys for children. Rudolph grabs his uncle's cape, because he's wearing a cape, and pleads with him to stop. Please, Uncle Blugel. What's this? Uncle Blugel slaps Rudolph's hand away with from from his cape. Nephew, I please no one. And Grover says he's telling us. Nice little comedy. Yeah. And furthermore, kindly keep your red nose out of this. If there's one thing I can't stand, it's disrespect for your elders. Unless it's him disrespecting Santa Claus, who has to be like a couple hundred years old at this point, Come at least. Right? And and all the things that all all these one things he can't uh, he he doesn't like. Yeah. Just we're adding up here. They're, um, <laughs> they're stacking, yeah. Yes. Now while Rudolph begins crying once again, as I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted by my nephew Rudolph. And Santa Claus says, "Sir, I'd like to listen to your speeches, but there's work to be done." Come on, Sandy. You were the one so hard up to meet this guy, right? Yeah, really. Uncle Blue goes, <laughs> I'll not stand here and be insulted, sir. You may leave any time you wish. But we do ask that you exit through the gift shop. Please, yes. Mm-hmm. Uncle Blugel storms out the front door of Santa's workshop, insisting that Rudolph come along with him. Come along, nephew. No kinfolk of mine is going to be engaged in this... Kind of nonsense. And Rudolph, still crying, says, Whatever shall I do, Grover? Don't listen to him, Rudolph. He can't stop you from helping Santa Claus. Uncle Blugel shakes his head and arm through a window, sticks his head and arm through a window, and shakes his cane. Well, Rudolph, I'm waiting. Go ahead, Rudolph. Perhaps your uncle is tired from his long trip. That's what makes him so grouchy. Yes, Santa, maybe that's it. And Rudolph slinks out the door, his head hung low. I'll come back just as soon as my uncle, I get my uncle home safely. Don't bother, Rudolph. Got it out, Winky. Yeah, dude, that was harsh. <laughs> come on, what the hell? Jerk, yeah. Uh, Rudolph and Uncle Blugel are walking on some slick ice, and for some reason, here is where the fact that Uncle Blugel walks on two legs while Rudolph is walking on four is, like, blatantly obvious. Because <laughs> they're right next to each other. Like, you know, yep. it's like, are you walking your pet deer, Uncle Blugel? Uh, it just seems very strange. <laughs> Rudolph says, Uncle Blugel, you sure got me into trouble with Santa Claus. Uh, no, he didn't. Uh, Santa seemed perfectly understanding about it. He seemed it. really cool. Yeah. He was cool about it. Uh, but Uncle Blugel says, Trouble? All I can say is, it's a good thing you decided to obey me and leave that silly old man. Now, for the first time, Rudolph becomes defiant. Uncle or not, you can't call Santa Claus a silly old man. Uncle Blugel angrily bangs his cane against the ice he's standing on. I think that this will cause problems. I think it's going to lead to something, yeah. Yeah. I can't, can't I? 
No, sir. And furthermore, I'm going back to help Santa right now. Matthew, come back this instant. And Uncle Bluegill hits the ice so hard with his cane, he cracks it wide open. Oh, my goodness. Uncle Bluegill hit the ice so hard with his cane, he cracked it wide open. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uncle Bluegill becomes stranded on an ice floe and drifts away. Help! Rudolph! I'm floating away! Help! Help! And that was the last anyone saw. <laughs> they had a Merry Christmas. <laughs> no, actually, Santa, Grover, and the elves come running. Who was crying for help, Rudolph? Oh, Santa Claus, my Uncle Bluegill is caught on an ice floe and is floating out to sea. He'll drown. Don't worry, Rudolph. That windbag uncle of yours couldn't sink if he wanted to. I'm starting to like this, Grover. Hey, <laughs> it's a good little guy. <laughs> <laughs> now Santa Claus snaps to action and starts directing his slaves. Uh, the, the el- elves. That's elves. right. Sorry, elves. <clears throat> Let's not stand around. Get out the rescue ship. Reindeer afloat. The rescue ship is, from the looks of it, a single-person helicopter. Uh, Blinky and Winky break it by pulling it simultaneous in two directions, just like Uncle Bluey's letter. So Santa is forced to move on to Plan B. Unload the sleigh and hitch up the reindeer. But Santa will be late for our Christmas trip. So who's this we he keeps mentioning? I, I don't recall the need for any rodents on this journey. Uh, marsupial. Gesundheit. Uh, now they take off in Santa's sleigh to go rescue Uncle Bluegel. And again, Rudolph is riding inside the sleigh. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we don't know what happened to Won't You Guide My Sleigh Tonight. I guess they're saving him for the big game or something. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like when the, when, the, when the star quarterback has his, has his arm iced. Exactly. The, yeah, gotta, yeah. gotta keep him cool. <laughs> Rudolph goes, Golly, Santa, I didn't mean to cause all this trouble. It's not your fault, Rudolph. Ho, Prancer! Ho, Dancer! On your way! Grover and Rudolph peer over the sides of Santa's flying sleigh, looking for Uncle Bluegel. Uh, Grover even has this, like, cartoonish spyglass. Now, Uncle Bluegel is nowhere to be found. I don't see a living thing! Uncle Bluegel! It's getting dark. You'll have to use your nose, Rudolph. Rudolph shines his nose like a spotlight onto the ice-choked waters below. From the back of the sleigh. I mean, how does that work? What, what, what is going on? Did you put him is in the front, better? please? <laughs> right. Is this better, Santa? Yes, Rudolph. If your Uncle Bluegel is to be found, we'll find him. And if he's not to be found, uh, he'll probably wash up on shore eventually. Yeah. Nothing to worry about. <laughs> when the spring thaw comes. <laughs> And we'd better do it fast, or there'll be no presents delivered for Christmas. Yes, we know, Grover. <laughs> How many times are you going to say it here? <laughs> no, Rudolph is all but ready to give up. But Santa tells him that where there's light, there's hope. And since Rudolph is controlling the light, no, no, never mind that. Um, <laughs> now, not far away, Uncle Bluegel is freezing to death on his iceberg. An Inuit child comes paddling over on their kayak, a huge sack on the back of the boat. Help! The little child goes, Where did you come from, Mr. Reindeer? (laughs) Never mind that, son. Just get me out of here! I'm sorry, Mr. Reindeer. This kayak only holds one. I'll have to get help from Santa Claus. Help! I'll take no help from him! Why, uh, just because you think he's lazy? I mean, you'd rather freeze to death because... Santa is lazy. That's your thing. Okay. That, well, if that's the ice floe you want to die on. I guess so. There. <laughs> I'm sorry you don't want help from Santa Claus. It just happens I'm on the way to deliver these toys to him right now. 
Don't tell me Santa Claus gets toys for himself. Of course not. My father and I make these toys for Santa to give to less fortunate children. Yeah, Santa's is kind of a strictly high-end operation, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Name brand toys only coming out of that place. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you could save me from this ice flow if you'd spent your time making a larger boat. Maybe if he'd spent his time building a spear, he could, like, just jam it right through your face. Either way, problem solved, right? That's yeah. Just and then, you get to eat the, the rest of the day, right? There you go. <laughs> That's how they do it up north. <laughs> uh, just then, Rudolph's spotlight shone, the nose shines on Uncle and the Inuit child. Santa, I see my Uncle Bluegle. There's someone with him. And Rudolph produces a megaphone from somewhere and calls <laughs> down to his uncle. Uncle Bluegle, we've come to save you. We won't be able to land, Rudolph. The ice flow is too small. We'd better do something or they're done for. There's a polar bear climbing onto the flow. And there is, you know, right there. Yeah. The Inuit child hops out of his kayak, wielding his paddle like a weapon. Look out, Mr. Reindeer. Then Rudolph falls out of the sleigh and right onto the back of the polar bear, knocking him out. The ice hey. flow, it, uh, it seems to have changed size over time. Well, well, it is melting. No, I mean, it's gotten bigger and smaller, depending on how many characters are on it. Must be some sort of artificial intelligence Probably, in there. Yeah. Programming. Yeah. I am glad to see you're on time for once, nephew. Is he being sarcastic? I can't tell anymore. I can't tell. I don't even know. He just said anything to be rude. That's all he said. What a jerk. <laughs> Rudolf goes, A lot of good it'll do when the bear comes too, Uncle Blugel. You've done enough for us, Eskimo boy. Save yourself in the kayak. No, sir. After all the wonderful things you've done for everybody, Rudolph, I stay and help you. The child hops onto the ice floor to dig through his sack of toys. I just remembered, Rudolph. One of my toys is my father and I made for Santa Claus was a slingshot. And this is the 1970s, so it was made with dangerous parts. Mm-hmm. Gosh, maybe we can keep the bear off. The Inuit child picks, plucks the slingshot out, but he has no ammunition. Sorry, Rudolph, I forgot about that. You can't use one of the other toys? Like, there's nothing in that sack? You nothing can... small? Like a marble? Yeah, something? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if there's one thing I can't stand, it's... Oh, shut up. <laughs> and now, off-panel, the polar bear wakes up with a growl. Off-panel? I mean, how big has this ice floor gotten here? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Gosh, the bear is coming to two. Here comes the polar bear right now. Maybe you've got something else that might save us. The Inuit child digs in his sack again and produces a magnifying glass. Can you use a magnifying glass, Rudolph? I'll say I can. Rudolph kneels before the polar bear and holds the magnifying glass in his uh, hooves right in front of his shiny nose. How did the Eskimo boy and his father build a magnifying glass? I thought about that myself, Chris. <laughs> They have glass grinding, and uh, you know it's it's quite a, quite a put together Eskimo village. Quite a process. Yeah, it's quite, quite a, a to do. Uh, now the polar bear is growling loudly, loudly, and he's looking quite menacing. Oh, finding a huge polar bear is about to attack us, and my nephew needs a magnifying glass to see him. Yeah, it's true. Santa Claus's health care plan really isn't that great. I gotta tell you. Don't forget about dental too. No, yeah, no dental either. <laughs> The Inuit child goes, will it work, Rudolph? I hope so. Uh, it does work, sort of. Uh, we suppose what they wanted to imply was that Rudolph could focus the light from his nose into a burning point, right? Like you can do 
holding a magnifying glass under the sun. But, yeah, with ants. Exactly, yeah. with burning ants <laughs> or what have you. Uh, but the way this is drawn, it looks like the magnifying glass appears to have magnified his light to some kind of a sweeping laser beam. Uh, it's more like he's blasting the polar bear with like a, a, a laser shotgun or something. Uh, but the point is, it works, and the polar bear jumps off the ice flow. Hooray, you did it! Rudolph continues to blast the polar bear with his nose laser, even as it's swimming away. It's like uh, he's had a taste of violence, and now Rudolph wants blood. <laughs> Don't forget, it was your magnifying glass. It's a lucky thing for us. You had these toys with you. <laughs> you boys seem to have forgotten. We're still stuck on this ice floe, and your kayak floated away in the excitement. Always bringing the good news. Uh, good thing Santa has a plan C. Rudolph, I'm dropping a rope ladder. Get ready to catch it. I don't know what good that's going to do. I can't climb a ladder at my age. I don't think they're worried about that. No, they're not worried uh, about you. <laughs> Rudolph grabs the ladder and holds fast to it. Don't worry, Uncle Blugel. I've got a better idea. Head for land, Santa. Uh, Santa guns his sleigh and pulls Rudolph, his Uncle Blugel, and the Inuit kid along on the ice floe. It's kind of like they're water skiing. <laughs> I just hope my feet don't slip. That's like a weird bit of realism to throw in there at this moment. Like, <laughs> <laughs> nothing else that's happening seems is possible, but okay. Uh, they make it safely to land where a bunch of random people have crowded to meet them and cheer. There might be like three dozen people here. Are we, are we still at the North Pole? Don't worry, they vanish in the next panel. I don't know where they came <laughs> they from. <do. laughs> uh, Blinky and Winky come running up, carrying a stretcher with a first aid kit on it. Stretcher? Anyone? Why does this panel exist? No one even takes them up on it. Like Literally, that's no. it. That's what happens, yeah. and then they leave. Uh, the elves are packing Christmas presents back onto Santa's sleigh. Gosh, we made it back in time to make our Christmas deliveries after all. Yes, Rudolph. Thanks to your bravery. Or thanks to your clumsiness. Uh, thanks regardless. It's all good. Take care of your Uncle Blugel while I'm gone, Rudolph. He may need your help. But, but Santa, aren't you going to need me? <laughs> What's all this bickering about? Who needs him? And, and Rudolph uh, is crying again, crying right? Crying again, yep. Oh. <laughs> this is Christmas Eve, Uncle Blugel, and Santa Claus is leaving without me. <laughs> oh, because he thinks you need me. That's what I thought. Look here, Mr. Santa Claus. And Rudolph runs to his uncle, pulls him back from making another spectacle of himself. Now, Uncle Blugel, don't start anything. You've caused me enough trouble with Santa Claus already. One side, nephew. I'll handle Santa Claus. Mr. Santa Claus, if there's one thing I can't stand, it's people not having a Merry Christmas. I demand you take my nephew along. Uncle Blugel takes out his wallet and removes some bills while while weeping. Uh, a moth flies out of his wallet, which is uh, some classic cartooning. Yeah, it usually means someone's broke, but hey, whenever, whenever a wallet appears, that's a nice thing. Yes. And furthermore, I insist that you accept this contribution. Please use it to make some poor child's holiday a happy one. Everyone smiles like a bunch of dopes. The end. All right, it all ended beautifully for a Christmas story. Now, if there's one thing I can't stand, it's Uncle Blue. Oh, come on. He learned his lesson at the end. I guess he did. I guess he did. <laughs> Our next story is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer in Two Heads Are Better Than One. 
Now, this one is reprinted from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, number three, had a cover date of December 1952. Uh, Santa is leaning out of his window, and he's given some instructions to our friend Grover. Grover, go find Rudolph at once. Christmas is only two days away, and we need everybody's help on the last-minute details. Okay, Santa. Grover runs into what looks like a well-populated snowy village and begins to holler. Rudolph! Yoo-hoo, oh, Rudy! From a window, Grover hears the strains of a familiar song. A Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer had a very shiny nose. And if you ever saw it, you would even say it glows. Like a light bulb. Um, <laughs> Rudolph is lying on his bed, listening to the song on his record player and humming along. So that's kind of a narcissistic. <laughs> I think so. Uh, <laughs> Grover pokes his head in Rudolph's window. Rudy! Hello, Grover. I've been listening to my favorite record. Come on in. Not now. Santa needs your help at the toy shop. But I have to rest so my nose will be in shape for the big night. Uh, dude, this is a Santa Claus level order, you understand? Like, yeah. pronto. No arguing this, yeah. Well, if those toys aren't ready, there won't be any big night. I guess you're right. After all, Christmas must go through. That's the rallying cry for Christmas? That's pretty weak, yeah. Christmas must go through. So I'm going to remember that. <laughs> really? <laughs> you'll, be see, you'll be saying that on Monday, I'm sure. Uh, Rudolph and Grover go bounding over to Santa's workshop, and he's standing outside waiting for them. Rudolph and Grover reporting for duty, sir. Wonderful. At a time like this, we need everybody's help. Report to Winky and Blinky for your assignment. Okay, Santa. Inside, Blinky and Winky are looking over a long list. Let's see. I think we can use you fellows. In the package wrapping department. Is Santa's workshop a department store all of a sudden? I didn't know there was like a department store, you know what I mean? And like, yeah. <laughs> That's where A.C. Slater worked, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> uh, inside the package wrapping department is a huge pile of assorted toys to be wrapped. And none of them are in boxes either. There's even a jack-in-the-box that has been popped. Like That's going to be hard to wrap. Put yeah. it together. You know what's going on? <laughs> That's quite a pile of toys. Yeah. We'd, lo- we'd better get started right away. Let's work as a team. I'll wrap and you paste the edges down as I finish. Yeah, I'm sure this will work fine. Yeah. Now, has anybody addressed the fact that these animals have, like, paws and hooves to work with? And yeah, no, no fingers? Not yeah. the best workforce for this exact no. exact job that requires opposing <laughs> thumbs and hands. Now, uh, Grover stands on the edge of a table over a large barrel of glue. <laughs> now, where's the glue brush? I'm guessing you're going to uh, probably be the glue brush. Yeah, in the most likely, yeah. <laughs> now, Rudolph wraps his first present with some pretty dramatic gesturing, which is enough to dunk Grover in the barrel of glue with a sploosh. <laughs> Rudolph takes Grover out of the barrel. Excuse me, I didn't mean to knock you into the glue barrel. But now, Grover is stuck to Rudolph's hoof. Yeah, don't think too hard about it. <laughs> well, don't just stand there. Put me down. I can't. You're stuck to me. Can't you get me loose? Rudolph grabs Grover with his other hoof to get some leverage. I I don't know. Hold still while I... Gosh, now you're stuck to my other hoof. See, he's calling it a hoof too. So what's going on here? (laughs) This is getting worse all the time. I know. I'll use some of this wrapping paper. To do what exactly? I don't really understand. That usually uh, helps get glue loose, right? I really, I guess I can just wrap <laughs> them up and send them off. 
Uh, Rudolph runs over to a spool of red and white striped wrapping paper and immediately unfurls yards of it for some reason. Oh, golly! Now the wrapping paper stuck to me! Both Grover and Rudolph are covered in wrapping paper. Let me out! Help! It's dark in here! Rudolph to Grover! Rudolph to Grover! I'm flying blind! Over, Grover! And two hours later... Uh, Rudolph and Grover stand before a machine of their own design, and uh, it looks pretty solid, actually. Yeah. <laughs> there she is, our patented package wrapper. See? We must be smarter than I thought. There's only one thing bothering me, though. Will it work? That's the one thing bothering you, not the fact that woodland creatures are making complex machines that bother the hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> now that you mention it, I'm not sure. Yeah, there's that red-nosed confidence that we love. It is. So they decide to give the machine a shot, but in order to do so, they have to turn on the main current over at Santa's workshop. Yeah, Santa really needs to make some upgrades it's to his shop, good. right? It's really serious. Yeah. It's like, it's like, you're, like you're, you're daisy-chaining all these extension cords. I, I think it's technically OSHA compliant, but it's just not good. <laughs> just barely. <laughs> now, uh, while Rudolph and Grover are away at Santa's workshop, a rascally bear shows up to climb through the window. Look who's coming, that old troublemaker, Batty Bear. Well, sometimes people only rise to the name that you give them, you know? I mean, you don't have much choice when your name is Batty. You can call him Goody Bear, I don't understand. Sure. I wonder what's new with Santa's gang. Rudolph, Grover, Dasher, Prancer, hey, where is everybody? Batty Bear spies Rudolph and Grover's new gift wrapping machine. Look at that crazy gadget. I wonder what it's supposed to be. Sure is a goofy-looking thing. Baddie Bear hops up onto the machine, and we have no idea what's going to happen next, do we? No, I can't possibly no, no. figure it out. I see uh, Grover throws the switch to send electricity to the to this ancillary shack, and uh, at that time, Baddie Bear is caught up in the machine. Hey, let me go! Help! Get me out of here! Call the Marines! Stop! Ouch! Rudolph and Grover come back and hear Baddie Bear's yelling through the window. Golly! What's happening in there? I don't know, but I bet it begins with a T and it spells trouble. So, trouble. The, right. the answer is actually trouble. That's what, that's what you meant to say, right? Yeah. He, okay. Now, inside the space, Batty Bear is punching the machine to a junk pile. I can't really hold it against him. It is trying to kill him, after all. Punch me, will you? Take that. And that. And... Batty Bear! Batty Bear is ejected by the machine and knocked out cold from his landing. You ruined our beautiful machine! All that work for nothing! Santa comes running in with Blinky and Winky and says, What's going on? Batty Bear just wrecked our new package wrapping machine! Indeed. You also managed to cause a short circuit in the wires. Our electric current has been cut off. Though I think if I stick a nickel in the fuse box, I can get it going again. <laughs> I'm sorry, Santa. What'll we do without electricity? The lights won't work. Neither will. The electric saw, or the metal cutter, or the paint machine. Well, how did you do it before the invention of electricity, right? Because it's been going on yeah. for since the 19th century, at least. So There has to be like a manual mode. Something, yeah. Now, uh, Winky and Blinky hold each other and weep. We'll never finish making the toys in time. Hundreds of children will be disappointed and Christmas will be ruined. 
it really is nice to see a couple that know each other so well, I have to admit. Yeah, you don't see it very often. <laughs> uh, as Batty Bear wanders off in a daze, Rudolph laments and, uh, yes, cries a bit. I guess I'm a flop, Grover. I try my best, but I always put my foot in it. Never mind your foot. It's time to put your nose in it. Suddenly, this became a uh, for mature readers book. Huh? Yikes! Yeah. Mm. Santa, Rudy's nose can supply the electricity until you get the wires fixed. Wait a minute, it can? I didn't know that. <laughs> Good idea, Grover. Blinky, blinky, bring my electrician's kit. Yeah, you could probably find it right next to his fireman's uniform uh, and his uh, surgeon scrubs, right? His cosplay, that's what he has in Oh, <laughs> he's got his, his fisherman outfit, yeah. Now, um, Blinky and Winky get very excited about having to fetch this electrician's kit, uh, so much so that they slam into each other while running, and then they get into a fight about it. That's kind of what they do. Yep. Uh, during this hubbub, Santa just decides to retrieve the kit himself. Never mind, boys. I got it myself. I wonder what Santa would do without us around to help him. Ba-dum-bum. Yeah. Uh, now, Santa approaches Rudolph and prepares <laughs> for something that is almost certainly illegal. Uh, at the very least, it's definitely unethical, I right? can't. I can't imagine it's okay to run wires from a deer's nose. Uh, <laughs> I just don't think that's right. <laughs> All set, Rudy. Yep. So Santa gets to work asking Blinky and Winky to hand him tools the whole time. His back is to us, and we can't see exactly what he's doing. Screwdriver, copper wire, insulators, scalpel. Maybe that joke about the surgeon scrubs was more uh, spot on than we thought. (laughs) I I mean, I don't want to see what he's doing over there. (laughs) No. Uh, Now, when it's done, uh, Rudolph has a a white contraption hooked up to his nose, and three curly wires are leading away from it. There's a sign reading, Danger High Voltage, that's propped up in front of Rudolph. We're finished. Let her go. Contact. Rudolph, uh, I guess, like, uh, boosts his nose power or something. I mean, yeah. we don't really know how his shiny nose works, but apparently electric charge is part of it, and he can, like, I guess, compress his diaphragm or something. Uh, sure. I, however it functions, it gets the lights on again in Santa's workshop. Now, Rudolph powers the workshop all through the night and into the next morning, uh, and by then the electric grid is repaired. You can quit now, Rudy. The regular wires are fixed. Well, I was beginning to get Handmaid's Nose. Rudolph is making a play on the phrase Handmaid's Knee, which is also known as Perpetellar Bursitis. This is hmm. caused by an inflammation of a small fluid-filled sac, the bursa, in front of the kneecap, and commonly occurs in people who spend long periods of time kneeling, like a handmaid kneeling on the floor to wash the floor and such. Uh, this is also known uh, commonly as water on the knee, and it's fairly easy to treat. And just make sure you don't touch the sides with the pliers. Don't do that. Exactly. Yeah, you got trouble. <laughs> then, how the reindeer loved him, loved him, uh, even those jerky elves. Good work, Rudy. Three cheers for Rudolph. Rudolph prances along, head held high, and his nose is blushing. I mean, really, there's like a blush sound effect coming out of it and everything. Yeah. Don't thank me, fellows. My nose deserves all the credit. Yeah, but they got to put up with you to make use of the nose, so they might as well stroke your ego, you know. Right. Take the day off, Rudy. You've earned it. Grover can go with you. Yeah, we haven't figured out what he's supposed to be doing around here either, right? Is he on the payroll even? I mean, what's going on here? (laughs) He's an intern? I don't know. (laughs) Thanks, Santa. I'm happy everything worked out well. Oh, but peeking from around the corner of a nearby house, Betty Bear takes in the whole scene. Oh, 
He won't be so happy when I get through with him. I'm still mad at that reindeer for the beating I took in his machine. I'll spoil his Christmas if it's the last thing I do. Betty Bear puts his hands, or, or paws, uh, on his hips and addresses the reader directly. Okay, maybe it is meat of me, but I'm the villain in this story, aren't I? Dude, you asking us? <laughs> Somebody better know it. I hope it'll be you. <laughs> now, Betty Bear hides behind a tree and waits for Rudolph and Grover to prance on by. Then he steps out to address them. Rudy, I just wanted to let you know that I'm not sore about that beating I took. Ah, I see. He's going to ruin Rudolph's Christmas by lying to him. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very glad you're not angry, Betty. I have Christmas presents in my cave, and I'd like to take them. you to take them now because I'm uh, going away for the holidays. Come to think of it, uh, Betty Bear should already be well hibernated by now, shouldn't he? By this point, for you sure. Think so, yeah. Yeah. And you never follow a bear into a cave. Don't do that. Not a good idea. <laughs> Rudolph instead goes, okay. Rudolph, Grover, and Batty Bear race up the side of a steep mountain. Actually, uh, yeah. Actually, you know, Grover is riding on Rudolph's back. My cave is right up there on Blizzard Mountain. Lead the way. We're following. And Rudy and Grover race into an icy cave. Isn't he nice? Then Grover notices Batty Bear isn't ahead of them. He says, where did that Batty Bear go? I don't trust him. Rudy, I think he tricked us. And indeed he did. Batty Bear is lounging outside the cave, and he's rolled a boulder in front of the opening. So he's murdered Rudolph and Grover. That's what happened. Okay. Oh, the punishment fit the crime. I guess so. <laughs> uh, Grover and Rudolph try to push the boulder out of the way. But it won't budge. What'll we do? It'll be terrible if we miss Christmas. Let's see if we can find another way out of here. Later on, they're still wandering around. And Rudolph's nose has dimmed. It's hopeless. We've been wandering around for hours. What a mess. Look, your nose is fading out. I must have strained it, supplying the electric current. It's still pretty weak. When Rudolph's nose goes out, everything goes dark, and now many pairs of eyes glow from the deep. What are those things peering at us, Grover? Do you think they're bats? They must be bats to live in a crazy place like this. Grover, this this is no time for joking. This is a life or death, buddy. Come on, get right? together. Without your nose to brighten things, it's a little spooky here. It's a lot spooky if you ask me. Rudolph and Grover plop down and start sobbing, telling each other to be brave. Rudy, we must be brave. <laughs> yes, above all, we must be brave. Then from off panel comes, Stop the racket. Who's that? Why, it's a green spider in a tuxedo coat and bowler derby. Naturally. Stanley Spite is the name, and I'm trying to get some sleep. I'm sorry, Stanley. We didn't mean to wake you up. What's going on? I haven't heard so much noise since I accidentally sat down to Miss Muffet and scared the daylights out of her. But he took his class on sexual harassment and uh, did community service, so that's all behind oh, him now. He's a new person. Right. Yes. <laughs> We're trapped in this cave. The entrance is blocked. I know it has a secret passage to the outside. Want me to show you? No. I mean, I mean yes. <laughs> really? I mean, why are you asking? <laughs> uh, Rudolph and Grover take off after Stanley the Spider, and Grover is now running under his own power. 
We sure appreciate your help. Bosh. If I didn't show you the way out, I'll never get my sleep. Though if they die in the cave, Stanley will probably eat like a king for a year. Yeah, think about that, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah, the long game. Now, uh, the three of them come to a lodged, ice-covered chamber. There it is, straight ahead. Hooray! We see it! Thank you, Stanley! They cruise right out of the cave and come upon Batty Bear, who's still lounging back. Free at last! Now for Batty Bear! Ha <laughs> ha! I haven't had so much fun since Cousin Goober sat down on that porcupine. Yeah, they both died that day, but it was hilarious. Yeah, people still talk about it, yeah. <laughs> What's so funny? I've got Rudolph and Grover trapped in there, and... Hey, you're Rudolph! We got out the back way! Well, that's what I call a dirty trick. A real dirty trick. Some people have no decency. And Grover gets into a fighting stance. Come on, Rudy. Let's take him to Santa and tell him what happened. No, no. Why does Batty Bear care? Is, is, is Santa the police force around here yeah, or something? Throw you at the candy cane jail? Like, what are you? <laughs> Batty Bear, what do you care? <laughs> uh, Rudolph and Grover chase after Batty Bear, who is fleeing. And there's Lazy Grover up on Rudolph's back again. Come back here, you four-footed fort flusher. I will not. A four-flush, also a flush draw, is a poker hand that is one card short of being a full flush. Uh, four-flushing refers to the emptying, to empty boasting or unsuccessful bluffing, and a four-flusher is a person who brags or doesn't make good on debts, even outside of a poker game. There it is. Yes. Uh, now, Batty Bear is chased to the edge of a snow-covered cliff. If you think you can get the best of Batty Bear, you're greatly mistaken. He trips and rolls down the steep cliffside, building a large snowball as he goes. Oops! Help! Oh, help indeed! I say, anyone for help? There he goes! Clear down the mountain! I guess our troubles with him are over! <laughs> it's pretty cold-hearted, like, he's yeah. probably dead. Uh, <laughs> Rudolph and Grover cruise downhill happily, and Rudolph is riding Ro Rudolph again. Uh, Grover's riding Rudolph again, because why not? Yeah. Let's head home. They must be wondering what happened to us. When the two of them arrive at the workshop, Santa Claus is waiting outside for him. Grover says, Hey, Santa, wait till you hear the fun we had with Batty Bear. Santa Claus says, Hmm. First he trapped us in a cave. Then we chased him and he tripped and rolled all the way down the mountainside. I know all about it, Rudolph. Your little chum landed right on my new sleigh and wrecked it. Wow, another plot twist here. Uh, now, Santa points behind him to a green sleigh, which is split in two. Gee, I'm sorry, Santa. Trouble. That's all I've had from you this week. Trouble. 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 Right here in River City. <laughs> Just for that, you're staying home Christmas Eve. And Rudolph immediately begins crying. But really, who's that punishing? Seriously. I know that's you get the I day say. off, buddy. <laughs> oh, dear. There goes my last chance. Cheer up, Rudy. Maybe we can make our own bad weather. How, Grover? Remember that inventor set we used for the package wrapping machine? We can get another one and make a snow machine. I'm guessing the other two kits are like mind control and maybe a death ray. What the hell? Yeah, what kind of a kit? Right? It's more than an erector set, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Uh, and in a little while, they make the snow machine, which looks kind of like a giant cowbell on its side with steps leading up to it. There she is, our super-synchronized special snowmaker! Or SSSSM for short. 
Very dandy, if you ask me. Grover hops on Rudy's back, and they run off. What an idea! Before Santa gets ready to leave, we'll come up here, crank the handle, and make our snowstorm! But Batty Bear is hiding behind a pile of snow. He says, That's what you think, Rudolph. When I get done with this gadget, it'll be ready for the junk pile. Yeah, he's he's pretty great at breaking other people's stuff, isn't he? Yeah, that's what he does. What do you do? <laughs> now, Batty Bear runs off to get some dynamite mm-hmm. and uh, plants it underneath the snowmaking machine. And he does a real professional job this time. That's right. We're going to do a controlled detonation of this thing. <laughs> Here's where I really blast Rudy's plants. Dash, she blows. She blows. Gosh, the explosion started a snowslide, and it'll cover Santa's home. Those are called avalanches, Batty Bear, and uh, after one hour, only one in three victims buried in an avalanche is found alive. Uh, the most common causes of death are suffocation, wounds, and hypothermia. So, good job, Good Batty job, Bear. guy, yeah. Uh, now, Batty Bear races ahead to warn Santa, but it's too late. Snow has poured in through the workshop's front door, which traps everyone. This is terrible. The whole area must be buried in 20 feet of snow. Our buddy Winky goes, what'll we do? If we don't get out, we'll be late for Christmas. Can't we dig our way out, Santa? No, it would take all day, and I'm scheduled to leave in an hour. If we can't do it perfectly, then we may as well do nothing. (laughs) The best or nothing, that's all we take. (laughs) And now Betty Bear is feeling really remorseful. This whole thing was my fault. I'm sorry, Santa. You should be. Because of your meddling, we're really in a spot. We're buried under 20 feet of snow. It looks like there won't be any Christmas at all this year. And boy, won't the Jehovah's Witnesses feel smug. Mm-hmm. They always, they never celebrate. They don't. Uh, suddenly, Batty Bear seizes on an idea, and it's a very stupid and impossible idea. That's the answer. Rudolph. And Santa says, what do you mean? Now, we interrupt this story to bring you this, your centerfold, the uh, 1974 pinup calendar of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It's got a giant drawing of him in a stock three-quarters pose, and it looks like he's standing above Santa's village, like he's like Godzilla the it Red-Nosed Reindeer. Like he's like stomping all over, yeah. Uh, well, and the cover the, did say this is the giant I Rudolph guess so. The, they, so. They meant it was giant Rudolphs, yeah. <laughs> In the background is a silhouette of Santa Claus soaring in front of the moon, pulled by his team of reindeer, so uh, Rudolph missed the boat, I guess? <laughs> Here's your own 1974 pinup calendar! Sweet, I'm sick of using yours, Chris. Yeah. Uh, all your pertinent months and dates are listed below, and we'll have this posted on the weirdcomicshistory.blogspot.com uh, website in the show notes. And actually, the dates and days are the same for 2019, so please use it in good health. Score! Yeah. And now, back to our story. Betty Bear runs over to the pile of snow that came through the front door of Santa's workshop. He makes a snowball and brings it over to Rudolph. Wait, I'll show you. Aim your nose at the snowball, Rudy, and let yourself go. Okay. And Rudy squints real hard, and the normal red shiny lines coming off his nose get all jagged and electric uh, like lightning. The snowball turns into water right there in Betty Bear's palm. See? It melted. Okay, even if we believe that Rudolph's nose could burn hot enough to melt snow without hurting himself in the process, mind you, 
didn't he just burn it out supplying electricity for the workshop overnight? Like he it, couldn't it, he couldn't it, glow in the cave. It right? went totally out in the cave. Uh, you think what what is what do you have to eat some carrots and it's back to snuff or something? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, is this even happening in the same year? This this could be months later for all we know. I don't it know. feels like we've been reading it for. It months. feels like it. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, Betty Bear isn't bad. Uh, that's stating the obvious. Rudy's nose gives off heat as well as electricity. Then he can melt us out of here. Everyone joins hands and paws and hooves and dances in a circle happily. They're very glad that Rudolph will save them. Three cheers! He'll melt us free! Wait a minute, everybody! My nose is kind of small, and there's an awful lot of snow outside! Rudy's right. He could never melt the whole area in time. Well, beg the whole deal again. Yep. Uh, it's either perfect job or nothing for Santa. <laughs> Betty Bear thinks of what might expand Rudolph's abilities, and uh, he settles on an industrial electric fan that's sitting in the workshop. Surely this place doesn't have any problem staying cool, right? It's, it's, it's the North the, Pole. It's at the North Pole, yeah. Yeah. He needs a bigger range. That propeller flat fan. Just the thing. We could tie Rudy to the blades and let us spin. That way he'll cover a lot of territory. So Betty Bear straps Rudolph to the fan and wields it like a weed whacker, which, you know, essentially it is, but for snow. Turn on the power. My life these days is just one mad world. Look at Rudy spin. He's traveling in the best circles now. Wow, these guys are just like full of jokes all of a sudden. I know, really. <laughs> Rudolph goes, eee! So Rudolph is spinning against the snow, zapping it with his electric nose. A point is, it, it does work. And also, Baddy Bear does get his revenge here, right? That's I mean, true, that, in a way. That he, can't he, be pleasant. You've got to beat uh, him up, yeah. Now, the caption reads, Gradually, the heat from Rudy's nose melts the huge mounds of snow. Hooray! The snow is melted! We're free, thanks to Rudolph and Batty. It was a pleasure, Santa. You weren't spinning around on a fan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which Rudolph still is. He's still spinning like a, <laughs> like a pinwheel. Uh... Look at, look at Rudy. Golly, his head hasn't stopped spinning yet. Now finally stopped, Rudolph looks positively drunk. He must believe in the old saying, one good turn deserves another. Ironically, you guys clearly do not. Nope. <laughs> Jerks. Now, uh, Santa Claus is all dressed in his red and whites, and he's ready to take off. Winky, blinky, load the sleigh. I'm ready to take off. Wait, wait, wait. Didn't Betty break the sleigh? Uh, this has got to be a backup, I guess. Oh. I don't know. Maybe it'll do a model. Uh, Rudolph has earned the right to come along. But Santa, he's in no shape to keep up with the other reindeer. What's the difference? He, he's, he's riding inside the sleigh every time we've seen him yeah, so far. Just, just sick him in the back where he's always sitting. Yeah, he'll, he'll sleep half the trip, yeah. There's no room in the sleigh either. I'll have to rig up an empty crate. An empty crate? That's right. I'm going to haul Rudy in a trailer, and you can come along to take care of him. Hooray! Yeah, Santa just has to make this one little stop in Columbia. Uh, you, you, know, you push a package out of the crate. Yeah, don't examine the package. Just push it. Don't ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> so they rig this up, and the final panel is a long spread of Santa Claus taking off his reindeer pulling the sleigh. The sleigh is pulling a crate within which Grover and Rudolph wish us good cheer. Rudolph's words are written in a circle because he's still dizzy, you see. Merry Christmas to one and all from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and his pals. 
Rudolph is somewhat dizzy, folks, but what he's trying to say is, Merry Christmas to all! And he'll whip Rudolph within an inch of his life for using Xmas when he gets back. And Batty Bear closes it out saying, And to all a good night. Wow, that was full of twists and turns, it wasn't it? Sure, you didn't know where it, <laughs> know where it was going or why most of this stuff was happening. That was the best oh, part about boy. it. <laughs> Our next story is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer in Rudolph and Grover Join the Circus. Hey! There we go. Now, this story is reprinted from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer number 5 from back in December 1954. Santa Claus stands outside of his workshop one evening and points into the night sky. He's, a, he's, a, he's pointing at a very, very bright star. By golly, there's the first star of the evening, just coming over the hill. Starlight, star bright, first star I see tonight. I wish I may, I wish I might, have the wish I wish tonight. Dude, you're freaking Santa Claus. <laughs> you really got a what wish? wish? Can you, what, what, what can't you do? I mean, You've got on. it made, buddy. <laughs> uh, just then, Rudolph comes over the hill, wondering what Santa is going on about. I wish that this year's Christmas will be the biggest and best ever. Me too, me too. Rudolph, where did you come from? We uh, we assume that his mother was a reindeer and his father was a stoplight. Something like that, right? right? I figure. <laughs> I've been walking on the hill, Santa. I wanted to air my nose. So Santa pokes Rudolph right in his shiny nose and says, Ha! Ha! But this is what I saw sparkling. Huh? I mistook your nose for a star, Rudolph. Well, then that wish won't come true, but... Since Rudolph knew know what knew what the uh, wish was anyway, it wasn't going to come true anyway. Uh, so this is probably going to be the worst Christmas on record. Probably, yeah. Oh, well. Uh, all's well that ends well. <laughs> Gosh, Santa, is my nose really that shiny? I mean, he knows it is, but he just likes to hear people say it. Yeah, he needs to be massaged every now and again. Yes, Rudy, you have the biggest, brightest, and most beautiful nose in all the world, including Brooklyn. Not better than Carl Malden. No, no. <laughs> now, Ru- Rudolph is blushing at all of this adoration. Yeah, his nose makes another blush sound effect, which is weird. It does. <laughs> uh, it twinkles like a billion fireflies. It flashes like a streak of lightning. It glitters like a precious ruby. It, and then Rudolph cuts him off because his nose has grown twice as large. <laughs> Santa, I think you better stop. All this praise is giving me a swelled nose. Just then, Winky and Blinky come running up. Blinky says, Santa, come quick. Santa, come quick. What's the trouble, Winky? What happened, Blinky? The Christmas list is ruined. The Christmas list is ruined. Santa says, that sounds bad. Without the Christmas list, I can't tell which children get which toys. Eh, give them all cash. So I do with my nephews, sure. Then everybody rushes back to the workshop where a shelf with paint cans on it broke, and wouldn't you know it, the paint spilled all over the Christmas list. Rudolph says, Goodness, what a mess! We were checking the list when the shelf broke. We were checking the list when the shelf broke. All the paint cans fell off and spilled. All the paint cans fell off and spilled. Must you repeat everything I say? I don't repeat everything you say. You repeat everything I say. You know, if I was Santa Claus, I would have probably fired these guys a long time ago. Well, maybe right? killed them, I gotta tell you. Like, that's <laughs> Either really, way, right? It's pretty bad. <laughs> this is <laughs> terrible, Rudolph. I can't distribute Christmas gifts without a list to go by. 
Maybe we can read all the letters again and make up a new list. No, no, there isn't time. Hasn't Santa taught you anything about not trying if you won't completely succeed? Right, we read a whole story about it. <laughs> we did. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry, Santa. My nose will pull us through. What? Your nose? How? Hold the list up in front of it and you'll see. And when he does, the writing shines through the paint because it's a comic book, so actual science doesn't need to apply here. Awesome. By golly, I can read the words right through the paint. Your nose is like an x-ray machine. Uh, it's, it's more like an egg incubator or something like that, but uh, whatever you say, Santa. Sure, yeah. <laughs> now all you have to do is copy the list over. No, there isn't time. Christmas is ruined forever. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Winky, blinky, bring pretzels and paper quickly. That's why he hasn't fired them. They're the only two whose names he knows. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> pretzels and paper coming up in a hurry. Pencils and paper coming up in a hurry. There you go again, imitating me. That's not so. You're imitating me. Guys, seriously. Copycat! Copycat! In this time, Santa has gotten the uh, pencil and paper himself. It's what he does. Yeah. Uh, now, he's copying the list already, and he's eyeballing those elves angrily. I wonder what I'd do without those two. Don't be angry, Santa. They mean well, more or less. And after an hour, the task is complete. Finished at last. It went quicker than I thought. You've certainly been a help to me, Rudolph. Rudolph stands up straight and salutes Santa Claus. My nose and I are ever stand ever ready to answer the call to duty, Santa. No job too big or small. And now it's time to take off for the big event. Which is uh, Christmas, just so we're clear. Right. Don't forget that that was this whole thing, yeah. yeah. Round up all the reindeer. I'd like to give them a last-minute pep talk. Okay, Santa. Rudolph takes off out the door. Grover running behind him says, Hi, Rudy. What's the big rush? Well, it's like ten minutes till takeoff for Christmas Eve, uh, so you, you'd think that's a, probably a pretty big happening around these What points. else they, happens? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, they, everyone's like, oh, right. I forget, you know, they, they totally forgot it was going on. <laughs> I have to go round up the reindeer for some last-minute instructions. Come along, Grover. And so Rudolph and Grover run over to a building with a sign out front that reads Reindeer Workshop. What, what do the reindeer work on? Everyone works at Santa's factory. <laughs> Dasher, Dancer, Yoo-Hoo, Prancer, O Cupid, O Blitzen, where are you, Vixen? And the place is completely empty, Grover says. That's funny. There isn't a soul around. They must be hiding. Let's try to find them. I love playing games. Ready or not, here I come. So then Grover is standing on top of a dresser for some unexplained reason, and <laughs> he hears Rudolph walking down the hallway and thinks it's one of the other reindeer. And Grover jumps Rudolph, which sends him crashing to the ground. Rudolph, you're you. Of course I'm me, Grover. I've always been me as far as I, back as I can remember. But where are all the others? Let's look outside. Maybe they're playing in the snow. Again, one would think that Christmas Eve was like a really big deal at the North Pole, right? Everyone would be prepared. You wouldn't be out playing or playing hide-and-seek at this time. Yeah, it does, doesn't seem like this is this is the time all year yeah. to play hide-and-seek or just be just lounging or loitering or asking what's the hurry. You I know? mean, everything should be to this date. You know what I mean? Like, everything <laughs> you do, I don't understand. <laughs> 
<laughs> and Rudolph and Grover, they, they, they figure this might be a possibility, so they head outside. It's getting dark out here. I'll increase my nose power and throw some light on the subject. Grover and Rudolph walk through the snowy forest calling for the reindeer, but they turn up nothing. Along the way, Rudolph trips over a log, and uh, he falls right on his nose, flattening it. But it seems all right. Look out! Who pushed me? No one, Rudy. You forgot to watch where your nose was going. The whole thing is extremely puzzling, Grover. Where could all the reindeer have gone? Let's look on the next page. I bet that's where they are. Ooh, that's very meta. Really? Is this a vertigo very... book? What's going on? I was going to say, did Grant Morrison write this? <laughs> uh, now, unfortunately for Smarty Pants Grover, they're not there. <laughs> not here either. I guess they've just disappeared. You're right, Grover. They've disappeared. The joke is on disappeared. Grover and Rudolph go running back to Santa's workshop, telling, uh, yelling for him all the way. What's the trouble? The Daindeer have disappeared. What? I said the Daindeer have reappeared. Rudy's a little excited, Santa. He's trying to tell you that the deer beer have disarranged. Do you mean that the reindeer have disappeared? Yes, yes, that's just what we've been saying. Are these guys like high? It sounds like a Cheech and Chong routine to me. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> Santa Claus plus Blinky and Winky have uh, just show- who have just shown up. They're pretty distressed by this news. I can't understand it. They all went on a picnic yesterday, but they should have been back long ago. This is terrible. If they don't turn up, I won't be able to move my sleigh on Christmas Eve. Shouldn't there be like a no travel embargo the week I would before think Christmas? Like, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the <laughs> night before, you got to stay in and get your sleep anyway. <laughs> now, Blinky and Winky start crying at the thought. And all the little children won't get their toys. And all the little children won't get their toys. I said it first. But I thought it first. Guys, this is not the time, really. No, no. Santa, how about s- sending Grover and me on an expedition to find the reindeer? You and Grover? Hmm. They gotta figure Christmas is ruined anyway, so what's the harm in in sending them out? Yeah, whatever. Go do whatever you want. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Please let us go, Santa. With my brains and Rudy's nose, we can't miss. Wow, man. Rudolph is, like, right there. (laughs) (laughs) He's got the brains, too, you know. (laughs) Very well. It's worth a try. And so they're off to find the missing reindeer, and uh, Rudolph isn't riding, I'm sorry, Grover isn't riding on Rudolph's back yet. Oh, but he will be. Mm -hmm. Good luck, Rudolph. Good luck, Grover. Uh, Don't join any circuses. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. We'll be back just as soon as we can. So the following page is a family circle-style map of what looks like a large area, family circus-style map, uh, you know, the old comic strip. Yeah. It's like a large area of the North Pole. A dotted line shows the adventures of Rudolph and Grover. Chased by a bear, they fell off a cliff, they picked apples. That was a weird thing. Oh. Uh, it says that they met a dragon, but a note pinned to the map says that there are no dragons, and that was added to make it more exciting. We'll have this page on the website in the show notes, but eventually, Rudolph and Grover wind up on the other side of a short picket fence. Uh, they were butted over it by a raging bull. So are they still in the North Pole? Chris, I'm not even sure they're still on Earth. I gotta be honest. That's a very, very good point. (laughs) This is awful. We've been looking for hours without any luck. Yes, all we found is trouble. 
right here in River City. Ah, uh, we did that joke already. Yeah, we did. Uh, Rudolph is crying. What else is new? We have failed our mission, Grover. I'm, I'm afraid you're right, Rudy. What'll Santa say? And what will happen at Christmas? Hanukkah is really going to have to pick up the slack this year. That's all. Do some heavy lifting. Yeah. Yeah. Just then, Rudolph's nose starts throwing off some funny-looking lines. Hey, I'm getting a funny feeling in my nose. It makes a blip sound and flashes on and off. Golly! It's glowing in a very unusual way, Rudy. How come? There must be reindeer in the area. My nose is getting radar signals. Either that or his head is about to explode. We'll find Mm. out. Radar? Oh, boy! Grover and Rudolph follow the signal of the beeping nose. They get so close that Rudolph's nose actually turns (laughs) into an arrow. Are we near him yet? Yes! They must be just around the bend in the road. And just around the bend in the road is... A circus! What are they doing in there? I don't know, Grover. Let's investigate. Rudolph and Grover survey the scene from a bluff overlooking the circus. Below them, a banner reading, J.D. Bumble's Gigantic Circus is hung over an entrance to a three-spire big-top tent, as well as a couple of cages and other tents scattered around the area. Rudolph and Grover enter the circus area, where a carnival barker is drawing a crowd. Yeah, he says... The big show starts in a few minutes, folks, featuring our great new attraction, Santa's Reindeer. Yes, folks, Santa's Reindeer in the hide. All eight of them on display, so step right up and get your tickets. Step right up, folks. Rudolph and Grover run around to the side of the big tent. Rudy, I don't understand this. Me neither. Let's take a look in the menagerie tent. Duck under the canvas, quick, before someone sees us. And Rudolph and Grover squirm under the tent in question. Inside, the reindeer are all being kept in one cramped cage, and they are ever so glad to see Grover and Rudolph. It's the reindeer! It's the reindeer! What are you doing in that cage? Oh, you know, just just hanging out, chilling. Yeah. Uh, It seems Mr. Bumble captured all eight reindeer while they had their picnic yesterday, and I mean, come on, fellas. All eight of you? No one fought back, really? You couldn't know when you got away from this one? Nuts. Very impolite of him, if you ask me. The reindeer explained Mr. Bumble's plan to exploit them for money, which really is pretty much obvious to us by now. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but he can't keep you here. Santa needs you to pull the Christmas sleigh. So the reindeer send Rudolph and Grover out to give Mr. Bumble a good talking to. Yeah, and he's standing on the side of a tent with a thug bodyguard named Fred. Look at the crowd pouring in. I'll make a fortune. You sure are clever, boss. Rudolph and Grover come running up to the two of them. Mr. Bumble, I demand you release the reindeer at once. Santa Claus needs them. Oh, yeah? Who are you? Dude, you never heard the song? Yeah, really. Look at the red nose. There you go. Right? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, in person, nose and all. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, well, well, well. Step this way, Mr. Rudolph. I'll uh, make arrangements to turn the reindeer loose immediately. See how quickly he gave in, Grover? That's because I talk tough. Get the net ready, Fred. The net was ready. (laughs) Hey, what's the meaning of this? Put me down. Sure, in the cage with the others. 
Aw. And sure enough, Rudolph is dumped in with the other reindeer. Suddenly, you know, there is room for him to fit. It's <laughs> it like that ice like flow, yeah, just like yeah. expanded. Now, the other reindeer do not look thrilled in the slightest at this new development. Ha! What a catch! Now I'll really clean up. Uh, you were only going to make a mere $10 million before. <laughs> Plus, you're a genius. More of an opportunist, but fortune does favor the bold. True. In the cage, Rudolph thinks of a way to get loose. Uh, luckily, Grover isn't locked in there with him, and he's snuck into the menagerie tent. Hmm, that lock gives me an idea. If only, if only. Psst, Rudy, it's me. Just the one I need. Break the bottom off that pop bottle and bring it to me quick. Okay. There is a soda pop bottle stuck halfway in the ground. Grover whacks it on the edge of a barrel and the bottom comes right off. Here it is, Rudy. Be careful you don't cut yourself. A caption reads, Using the broken bottle as a magnifying glass, Rudolph aims at the lock and turns his nose on at full power. Rudy's nose gets hotter and hotter, and soon the concentrated heat begins to melt the lock, just like a blowtorch. You know, I used to see Rudolph as kind of a fancy spotlight for Santa, but now I think he's more like Santa Claus's laser defense system. He's like the Terminator. I mean, <laughs> really? I, I, I've learned, you know, you know, don't fool around with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> don't mess it's, it's just don't. He's scary stuff. Uh, but anyway, yeah. uh, that technique works, and the reindeer all come running out praising Rudolph, but Mr. Bumble doesn't give up so easily. Mr. Bumble says, The reindeer are escaping. After him, Fred. And Grover and Rudolph are trying to escape as well. But Rudolph is really tired after exerting himself on that lock. Faster, Rudy. They're coming after us. I can't, can't go any faster, Grover. I'm worn out from melting that lock. Fred is chasing them, spinning a lariat overhead. And he catches an exhausted Rudolph pretty easily. Look out! The others got away, boss. That's okay. We still have Rudolph, and he's our star attraction. Sir, he just melted a lock with his nose. I mean, yeah, yeah, what? Yeah, really. he, he can melt metal. I would, I would be very horrified to have this thing yes, in my Yes, you got to be careful with uh, Rudolph there. <laughs> uh, now, Mr. Bumble tells Fred to put Rudolph in a cage and wheel him into the center ring. While Fred leaves to get the cage, Grover frees Rudolph immediately. Yeah, that's hilarious. It's like instantly. Like, why did you even Instantly. Leave what's, what's the point of these pages? Yeah. Uh, Hold still while I chew through these ropes. Hurry, Grover. Hurry. Ladies and gentlemen, we are about to present for the first time in any circus the one and only Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Dude, he ain't coming. Fred's coming back. Run! Maybe we can hide in here. And Rudolph and Grover run into a tent flap, and they find themselves inside the big top. Golly, we're in the big top. So, you escaped again, eh? Here comes Mr. Bumble, and Fred is blocking the entrance. What do we do? I don't know, Grover, but we'd better do it fast. So Grover and Rudolph run over to a tall ladder and begin climbing it, and it's really funny to see this reindeer climbing a ladder. <laughs> like, they don't even give him cartoon hands and feet. He's just, like, clambering up on his hooves, like on the on the arch of his wrist and stuff. It's very it's kind of crazy. Pretty wild. Come on, let's get up this ladder. Rudy, I hope you know what you're doing. I hope so, too, Grover. Uh, yeah, I think I know. We all know where this is going. We do. We'll be safe here on this platform. That's what you think. Mr. Bumble is coming up the ladder right now. 
Luckily for them, there is a way off this high platform. Wouldn't you know it, a tightrope is stretched across to another platform 100 feet away. Come on. You knew it had to be this or a high dive or the trapeze, trapeze something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. Let's run across and go down the other side. Rudy, I just noticed something embarrassing. What's that, Grover? We're on a tightrope. A tightrope? And, of course, what they were just doing with ease has now become impossible. Yes, Grover and Rudolph collapse into each other's arms and moan while on the tightrope. Take me home! I don't feel so good! Now, now, Grover, try try to keep calm, like me! And then they fall off the tightrope. Look out! Eep! A couple of circus clowns gathered below take in this perilous scene. Yeah, one goes, they're falling and there's no net. Push the trampoline under them quick. The clowns work together to position the trampoline as necessary. Help! On a full page, Grover and Rudolph bounce up and down on the trampoline, and they're saying things to each other the whole time in word balloons so positioned that you need to turn the book around to read them. <laughs> uh, there's no dialogue that's important. There's just like a little gimmick. And you know what? We'll put this page in the show notes, too, and you can uh, spin it to your liking. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rudolph and Grover bounce right into the lion's cage All of this still in full view of an audience, mind you (laughs) Woo-wee! We're safe at last, Grover Thanks for telling me Uh, Oh, my mistake, we landed in the lion's cage Lions? Run! Run! I'm way ahead of you the two of them somehow run up the side of the lion's cage and over the top. Uh, it's pretty impressive, actually. Like, they just right? kind of zip yeah. over that thing. Gee, Grover, I didn't know you groundhogs could jump so high. Aha, so he is a groundhog. Don't those don't those things hibernate, too? Not with all this racket going on. I'm not. No way. <laughs> uh, the crowd is loving the antics displayed before them. Yeah, one red-haired guy goes, <laughs> what an act. <laughs> a, a snooty lady in the crowd says, it's a riot. Rudolph and Grover run through a paper-covered hoop and then underneath an elephant. And then right towards that big goon, Fred. They're headed this way, right into my arms. But Fred did not anticipate that they'd smash right into him and render him unconscious. No, they are animals. That's true. <laughs> Golly, I ran right into Fred and knocked him out. Good. That only leaves Mr. Bumble to worry about. Uh, Mr. Bumble has other ideas. He rushes up another long ladder with a length of rope around his shoulder. That red-nosed reindeer can't get the best of me. I'll climb up on the spotlight platform and lasso him as he goes by. So who knew circus folk were so good at slinging lasso? I mean, yeah, right? I know there's like usually the Western group, but it seems like yeah. everyone can do it. It's awesome. Yeah, rope tricks everywhere. <laughs> now, atop a high catwalk, Mr. Bumble leans over to prepare his trap and falls over the side. Here he comes. Oops. Mr. Bumble falls right into the front of a large cannon with a blop. It then sends him flying with a boom, and he blasts right through a hole in the big top tent. He may even have created this hole, come to think of it. Does this mean the uh, trick cannon wasn't even remotely calibrated? Yeah, I mean, whoever got in it was going to fly through the big yeah. top tent. Grover says, there goes Mr. Bumble. I didn't even get to say goodbye. Well, you can visit his gravesite later on, Rudolph. Probably. That's fine. Yeah. Their enemies dispensed to Rudolph and Grover go back, head back home to Santa's workshop. On the way, they encounter Mr. Bumble slung over the branch of a tree. He looks pretty woozy, and his suit is destroyed. Look, Rudy, it's Mr. Bumble. He landed in a tree. 
Yay! Now you'll only be arraigned for attempted manslaughter. <laughs> Mr. Bumble, are you all right? Yes, Rudolph, but I'm sorry for the way I acted. You certainly should be. I never saw such awful behavior. Though, to be fair, I am a fantasy animal that exists in a uh, parental life. That's true. You probably haven't seen a lot of things, Rudolph. Yeah. Sure. Please forgive me. Well... Please, I promise I'll never do another mean thing as long as I live. And Rudolph and Grover run off, leaving Mr. Bumble to hang on the tree. Okay, seeing as it's Christmas Eve, I'll forgive you. Thank you, Rudolph. Thank you. So, uh, little help? Uh... Yeah, he, he, died, he died out there of exposure. <laughs> he did, yeah. Uh, with the speed of lightning, Rudolph covers the miles, and soon... There's Santa's workshop! Hurrah! Santa Claus is rushing out to greet Rudolph and Grover as they arrive. He says, Good work, Rudolph. The other reindeer have already returned. Unfortunately, Christmas was a week ago. Uh, well, next year, then. Yeah. Winky, blinky, it's time to leave. Hitch up the sleigh and away we go. And so it happens, and Santa Claus takes off in his sled, led by nine tiny reindeer. Uh, Rudolph is out there this time, leading the pack. Ho, Dasher! Ho, Dancer! Ho, Prancer and Vixen! Go, Comet! Go, Cupid! Go, Donner and Blitzen! And you too, Rudy! Yeah, that, that rhyme really needs a little work, doesn't it? <laughs> Talking about just making him feel included. <laughs> uh, while making a U-turn, Rudolph addresses the reader directly to say, I guess our story's over, kids, so let's end with the best wishes for a very Merry Christmas to your name here. And if you're not Christian, your religion here. Mm -hmm. uh, the rest of this book is taken up with puzzles and games, and you can check all of them out in our show notes down in our show notes on the website. Download the images and play them for yourself with mm -hmm. your family on Christmas Day, which I think is how it was meant to be done, Chris. I think so. I think so. Especially seeing as though after reading this, you know how like on an edge Christmas is every single it's year. True. It's 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 seconds are being canceled every year. Yeah, you gotta you gotta consider how lucky we are that that Rudolph is able to pull through each and every year because we've just seen three here. I also didn't We're... pen Santa for being a. Uh... Such a you know I gotta be a, yeah I gotta be a hundred percent or nothing kind of guy like <laughs> come on man you know what I mean believe me if you, if you're a little bit late the kids are still gonna be happy and the, sure they'll still break the toys by noon it doesn't matter so uh, yeah that, that's that's the entire issue uh, CJ twenty five we're gonna take a little break and when we come back we'll just wrap up a couple of details about Rudolph and uh, the rest of it quiet quiet please everybody quiet quiet. I've got some bad news, folks. Christmas is going to be canceled. There's nothing I can do. This weather. Yeah. Rudolph, Rudolph, please. Could you tone it down a bit? I mean, that nose of yours. Uh, that nose. That beautiful, wonderful nose. Rudolph. Christmas is not off, and you're going to lead my team. I am? Yes, sir. You and that wonderful nose of yours. My nose, sir? Oh, from what I see now, that'll cut through the murkiest storm they can dish up. What I'm trying to say is, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? 
It will be an honor, sir. I knew that nose would be useful someday. I knew it all along. Welcome back. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, welcome back, everybody. Uh, <laughs> right now, we're going to talk about uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer's tenure at DC Comics. Uh, National Periodical Publications published a series of 13 annuals that were titled Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and those ran between the years of 1950 and 1962, and uh, our man Rube Grossman drew most of them. Uh, DC Comics would collect these stories in four more treasury-sized comics, those being Limited Collector's Edition C24, C33, C42, and C50. And they would produce two with new material, called All New Collector's Edition C53 and C60, and those were both written and drawn by Sheldon Mayer. Uh, one digest format edition was published as the Best of DC Number no. 4 that had a March through April 1980 cover date, which contained some unprinted stories by Sheldon Mayer, as well as reprints from Limited Collector's Edition C50. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. It's kind of funny to think about. But uh, there were several planned features for Limited Collector's Edition that were never published. Sheldon Mayer had been working on an adaptation of The Wizard of Oz, but DC's publisher at the time, Carmine Infantino, canceled the project upon learning of a similar adaptation by Marvel Comics. And that would become MGM's Marvelous Wizard of Oz, uh, came out in 1975, the first co-publishing venture of Marvel and DC Comics uh, for convenience. We talked about that a little bit, and I forget why. Yeah, I forget the episode. Maybe Jim Shooter or something. I don't know. Something like this. Uh, yeah. Mayer also worked on a follow-up to the Bible issue of Limited Collector's Edition. That was C36, uh, June-July 1975 cover date, titled The Story of Jesus, as well as Rudolph's Easter P- Parade, an Easter-themed Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer issue, but neither was ever... Ed- Neither was ever published. The Legend of King Arthur, written by writer Jerry Conway and artist Nestor Redondo, was a four-issue storyline advertised as coming soon in DC comic books dated September 75, but that series never materialized. Yeah, so yeah, second volume of the best of DC, the first being number C52 in 1977, would have included reprints uh, from uh, The Brave and the Bold number 42, all-Star Western number 11, Superman number 247, and Green Lantern number 75, but that was canceled as part of the DC implosion. Uh, we actually discussed this in uh, episode dot 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 the first of Weird Comics History. These are the pre-shows that used to be uh, featured as segments on the WeirdScienceDCComics.com podcast. Mm-hmm. It is in the archives. It's probably in need of uh, of revisiting. But, uh, probably. I was thinking that, too. Some, some, <laughs> we have an expanded format, and other other news has come to light, so we might have we might <laughs> Go back to that for sure, uh, but you can find that one. It's all the way at the bottom of the weird, uh, the weird comics history archives page. Yep. Uh, now, additional stories planned under the all new collector's edition banner, uh, they were published elsewhere. Were Superman's Life Story by Martin Pascal, uh, Pasco, and Kurt Swan. That came out in Action Comics number 500, October 1975, cover date. Uh, the material planned for 1978's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer collection appeared in, as mentioned before, the Blue Ribbon Digest was the best of DC number four in 1980. I, I really think it's ironic that, you know, Blue Ribbon Digest was a, it's a series of all reprinted material, but instead of being published at more than twice the size, like the Treasuries, 
that yeah. was bound at roughly half the size. So you you know you have something that was intended for this big blow up, and now <laughs> it only exists in this tiny little pocket tiny size thing. But it almost is out there, I guess. <laughs> now another story that was going to be published as a uh, in, in the all new collector's edition was a Justice League story by Jerry Conway and Rich Buckler, and that would see print in Justice League of America issues two ten through two twelve, January nineteen eighty three through March nineteen eighty three cover dates. So the big Rudolph controversy going on lately, I thought we'd address that since this is sort of the subject of the uh, entire show, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Uh, on November 28th of 2018, a day after Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer special aired on TV, Huffington Post ran a quote-unquote article titled, Viewers Notice Some Very Disturbing Details in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. The article was actually a collection of tweets from people who observed, humorously for the most part, problems with the show when viewed through a modern lens. Among those complaints were, Santa is rude to Rudolph when he discovers his glowing nose. Uh, also that the show promotes bullying, particularly by the coach reindeer, Comet. And that the Island of Misfit Toys promotes ostracizing the different. Okay, Huffington Post released a video titled Why is Santa such a jerk in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? And that could be seen on their site And uh, we'll link that in the show notes uh, despite Huffington Post clearly labeling these under a comedy heading and beginning both pieces explaining that what followed was humorous, many mainstream outlets, including daytime television talk show The View, picked up the story and claimed that Huffington Post was seeking to ban the Christmas special, <laughs> which at the end of the day is the true spirit of the holiday. Uh, that's right. If we can't get all defensive and oh, angry what? about uh, our weird uh, manufactured traditions that were created for a department store in Chicago. Then what is what is it all for? What is it all? What's for? it all for? <laughs> so, what are we fighting for? Uh, yeah, this is a thing. I don't know. Maybe you guys have even seen this circulated in your social media, but it was intended to be a joke. I don't see that show coming off the air anytime immediately, no. but uh, I'm sure it will be replaced someday by some sort of CGI. Manga version, anime version, something like that. <laughs> Rudolph, Rudolph will uh, have boobs, something like this. I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> anyway, um, if you guys want to write to us about uh, Rudolph or your feelings on the controversy or on the comics or anything we've talked about today, you can write to us at weirdcomicshistory at gmail.com. And we do have a Patreon if you like what we're doing and you want to chip in and get some exclusive content, uh, at least three shows a month exclusively. It's at patreon.com slash Chris and Reggie. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Cosmic T-Mail History. You can also find us on Instagram at Cosmic T-Mail. Or on Twitter, same thing, at Cosmic T-Mail. And I'm uh, on Twitter at Reggie Reggie. I'm at Ace Comics. Uh, you can find our weekly writings of, uh, about DC Comics and some classic stuff over at weirdsciencedccomics.com. And you can see Chris's daily writings about uh, DC Comic from any point in its history on chrisisoninfiniteearth.com. You're tackling all types of DC. Well, it's been the 12 days of Christmas recently, although yes. that still has run the gamut as far as where you pluck those issues from. It's whatever, whatever has oh, a Christmas-themed cover, and mm -hmm. uh, you don't make any excuses for the interior, right? That's basically the rule. <laughs> so, some, sometimes, they're, sometimes they have nothing to do with Christmas. So, so, I think... so, 
Sometimes all the jingle bells are on the outside. That's how it goes. Anyway, that, that's yeah. uh, Chris is on InfraEarths.com. Sorry. You can check out the show site, weirdcomicshistory.blogspot.com, where you can find our show notes, our uh, all of our good stuff, including this week, a lot of activities, a lot yeah, of Christmas right. activities you can print out and play with. Uh, you can also check out the archives. It's a chronological listing of all of our programming. Uh, every show we do has its own page. Uh, a couple do share a page, but everything's up there is what we're trying to say. It's yeah. uh, easier to navigate than the Podbean and the iTunes, so uh, if you want to find something the way it's meant to be listened to, that's where you go. That's so that's the recommendation for sure. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, before we jam out, we do want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, we'll be back before the New Year. That's but, right. But uh, just in case you missed that one, we, we want to make sure we wish you all the happiest and safest of holidays. Yeah, everybody, enjoy your, enjoy your holidays. Uh, stay safe. Stay you know, warm unless you're already warm, in which case, uh, you know. Put a fan on. Put a fan on. Stay cool and uh, definitely... <laughs> Have a great time, and uh, yeah, we'll be back before the new year, but if you don't hear us, happy new year to you, and uh, <laughs> I think that's all we got from this time. Chris, got anything else for him? I think that's it. Well, until next time, folks, I want you to keep it on the treadmill. Look out! Golly! It's Christmas at round zero. There's music in the air. The sleigh bells are ringing, and the carolers are singing while the air raid sirens blare. It's time to face your final destiny.